0: If you would look in uh, 3 John this morning, the verses that we've looked at previously, we've been on a series for some weeks now called God's Will is Success. God's Will is Success. Now, you know, you just say that and some people think they don't like it. But is his will failure? Failure? Which one is his will? Success or failure? <laughs> well, there seems to be some indecision on the matter, which is why well, I'm glad we're going to preach on it today. We'll make some progress. In third John, the second verse, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. And be in health, even as your soul prospers. The uh, Young's literal translation says, Beloved, concerning all things, I desire you to prosper, and to be in health even as your soul does prosper. Can we take this as God speaking to us, the Word of God? Well, then does he desire above all things, That we prosper. Now we know the first prosper here is not referring to spiritual prosperity because he refers to that in just a moment. He's talking about external, material prosperity and that you be in health. That's not talking about spiritual health, that's talking about physical health. Even as your soul, there's the inner man. Soul prospers. And sometimes people will try to say, well, you know, God don't care about the external uh, says you. Have you read the scriptures? (laughs) He went to great lengths. Jesus didn't just go to the cross in spirit. He went to the cross. Spirit, soul, and body. Why? He obtained for us a redemption, spirit, soul, and body. He didn't have to go to the scourging post and get beat and get whipped in order to go to the cross. Are y'all with me? Was it just redundant? Was, Was he helpless in their hands? He said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. Is that right? He demonstra- it was demonstrated when they came to get him. He said, Who you come for? And they, they said, Jesus. He said, I am. And the whole bunch of them fell back on their flat of their back, helpless. <laughs> uh-uh. They didn't take him, force him. He yielded. Why? He took our place. And he obtained for us an eternal redemption, a complete redemption. Yeah. Our body is so completely redeemed and bought and paid for that this body is part of the body of Christ yes. forever. Yeah. 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 So Mr. I'm going to get a new body. It's going to be this body glorified. Well, I, I don't like this body. You will like it when he gets through with it, okay? By the time <laughs> by the time the glory gets through with your body, this mortal is going to put on immortality. This corruptible is going to become incorruptible. You're going to be completely happy. But I'm saying the physical is part of redemption. And the material is part of redemption. Yes. The scripture said, you know the grace of our Lord. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. So that you through his poverty might also be poor. No. <laughs> he was made poor so you could be poor too. No. Like Jesus. No. Hmm. No. We need to distinguish what he did as our example versus what he did as our substitute. And what he bore as our substitute, we don't have to bear. We've been redeemed from. In the book of Psalms, the 35th Psalm, verse 27, Psalm 35, 27, it says, let them shout for joy. You know, believers are supposed to be shouters. Oh, that was weak. <laughs> Did you know believers are supposed to be shouters? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. J- just, just pretty regularly. You ought to go, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. said, Oh, you're you're one of those. You need to be. (laughs) If you're not one of those. If the Bible says shout for joy, you should shout shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. Let us say what continually? Let the Lord Be be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. We're supposed to say that continually? Why would you need to? Because there's so much, so many other voices trying to tell you something else. You need to keep this in your mind and in your heart. Come on, somebody said out loud. The Lord, the Lord takes pleasure, takes pleasure in, my in my prosperity. It pleases him. When I do well. I do well. <laughs> well, he'd be out of keeping with every other good father if he enjoyed seeing his children hurt and in lack. You wouldn't understand it. If you knew a father and their child lost everything they had and wound up in the street, didn't have enough to eat, missing meals, hungry, and that father said, Well, that's all right, good enough for them, they'll learn some things and was pleased at their child's lack in suffering would you think that's okay? No. well why would we think that about our heavenly father why? the one after whom all fatherhood is named yes, sir. he is a good, good father and a good father takes pleasure come on say it again my father, my father takes pleasure, takes pleasure. In my prosperity. In my prosperity. It, pleases him it pleases him. When I do well. When I do well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the truth. It is the truth. Now go with me if you would over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 12. In order to have. you know, God to be pleased in the prosperity. In order to experience prospering according to his will and plan, from him, there's a couple of things we must overcome. One, we must overcome the lies that it's not his will. You can't have faith for something that you don't think is the will of God. You're not going to receive something that you're still questioning if it's the will of God. And so we need to camp on that, spend time, and we have done some of that. But that's not all. In order to receive prosperity from God, you must also overcome covetousness. That was pretty quiet, wasn't it? Not as many people get excited about that. You must overcome covetousness if the Lord's going to add it to you. Because he's not going to add to you money, things, Houses, lands, success, that's going to take you from him. That would hurt you. That's not going to please him that you're going away from him, that you got no time from him, that you care more about that than you do him. So in order for him to bless us and add, especially add big things to us and bigger things to us, We cannot love them. Love the money, love the things, love the stuff. We must love him. Right? Love God. And so notice in Luke 12, 13, Luke 12, 13, one of the companies said to him, to Jesus, they said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. So apparently there was some controversy in this family. Somebody had passed on, maybe parents, and there was an inheritance. And this guy felt like he didn't get a fair share. And he he just speaks right up and wants Jesus to tell his brother (laughs) to give me the inherit, divide the inheritance with me. And maybe he was sure that Jesus would do this. But now, just him standing up and speaking publicly about this shows this is a very important thing to him. For him to do this. In fact, too important. If you want something too much, you'll go too far to get it. I said, if you want something too much, you'll go too far. Right. Amen. And he went too far on this day, speaking up, interrupting the Lord, you know. Yes. Uh, they were going a spiritual direction, whatever they were talking about and whatever they were doing. And he's like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> 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 Jesus my brother hadn't done me right. Would you tell him to divide inheritance with me like he's supposed to? Verse 14. Jesus looked at him and said, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? That wasn't the answer he was looking for. <laughs> then he expounded. Verse 15. Then he turned around and looked at everybody else there because, you know, what's everybody looking at and thinking about right now? This situation. This is an interruption. Jesus said, watch out. That's what take heed. Take heed, watch out, and beware of covetousness. Now, whether it was fair or unfair what happened with the will and the inheritance is beside the point Everybody with me today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right here. Now, do you want the Lord to be able to bless you financially and materially like he desires to? Yes. Come on, I want to see. Do you want to or not? Yes. Then I'm telling you, whether you've understood it or not, in order for that to happen, you've got to get free from covetousness. Hallelujah. And don't imagine that you've never had any issues with it. Every one of us have had issues with this. It's a very big deal. It's basically referred to three in three out of the ten commandments. That's how big of a deal it was, and it is. Wait a minute, say, three of the commandments? Yeah. One, you'll have no other god before me. The Bible said, covetousness is idolatry. The other ones, thou shalt not steal. Well, why would you steal? Because <laughs> you want it. <laughs> you want it enough to take what belongs to somebody else. Come on, can you see this? You covet it. You long for it. You desire it. You're willing to break the law. You're willing to deprive somebody else of it. If you want it too much, you'll go too far. And finally, the last one where he specifically said, you shall not covet. Right? Right? your neighbor's donkey, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's house, anything that your neighbor's, Deuteronomy says, you shall not desire it. Don't let yourself long for it and want it. You can believe for one as long as it's not too important to you. But don't covet theirs. Let me go over this again real slow. How many realize this is not something a few isolated, greedy people have to deal with? That's right. That's right. You got flesh. Yeah. I've got flesh. Yeah. Unrenewed portions of the mind. And you want stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know you do. Ain't no need sitting there <laughs> looking at me in that holier-than-thou look. You want stuff. You want stuff. Right. And the Lord wants you to enjoy things. He gives us richly all things to enjoy, but he doesn't want you to worship it or idolize it or want it so much that you ignore him or you'll hurt other people to get it. Come on. Do you see these things in order for him To add it to you. Now you can lie and get it. You can steal and get it. You can work five jobs and maybe eventually get it. But that's not him adding it to you. In order for him to give it to you. And add it to you. The right time. And the right way. And the right place. You got to overcome. The covetousness. Are you interested. In getting free. Getting free. Getting free. From covetousness to where you don't love money. You don't love stuff. You don't love things. You can take them. You can let them go. Right? You can receive them. You can sow them. You don't love them. Come on, say that out loud. I don't love money. I don't love, I don't love, things. I don't love things. I love God. I love, God. I love people. I love people. <laughs> Very important very important. He said, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. One of the big lies that the enemy pushes and the devil himself is covetous and he inspires covetousness covetousness throughout the world he's the God of this world is that things will fulfill you and enough money will make you happy and the big house will fulfill you and the, the car you want and the money it's a lie I said it's a lie it's a lie there is no amount of money that will give you peace of heart and mind. <laughs> Even when you say that, people go, well, I, I have a number, I have a figure that I think would make me pretty comfortable and help me sleep at night. No, no, you could stay awake scared somebody's going to take it away from you. <laughs> we need some money, we need some stuff. Yeah. But there is no amount that will fulfill you That's right. inside. That's right. I heard some years ago, I thought it was a real good example. There was this guy that really liked cars, and I've always enjoyed cars. He was getting this Porsche Turbo that was rare model. Now this was back, I don't know, 20 years ago. But even back then it was a $100,000 car. And somebody uh, asked him about this car because and, and, uh, he, he, he did get it and had it for a while. And somebody said, what's the best thing? What's the greatest thing about getting that car, he, about that car? He said, it was uh, two days before I took delivery. <laughs> he said, what? He said, yeah. He was excited. He was so ready, you know. And what do you mean? He said, well, you know, six months in, it's a car. Right? I mean, it don't just transform you into somebody else. It's a car. It gets dirty just like the cheap ones. You can scratch it, right? (laughs) No. A million dollar car is not going to transform you into another person and make you content for the rest of your life. The biggest house on the planet won't do it. Big amount of money won't do it. That's why. There have been people, and there are people today, that have everything money can buy, and they're miserable. Suicidal. Why? Because folks who don't have it can imagine that if I had it, I'd be happy. But they got it, and they're not. So they have no hope of anything I could get that could make me happy and fulfill me. But we know what will. We know who will fulfill you. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. 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 Whew. Go to Luke 16, please. Luke 16:11. Luke 16. And pray this out loud if you're serious about this. Said out loud, Father God, Father God I, know from the word I know from the word that you hate covetousness. You hate covetousness. And so if, you hate it, so if you hate it, I hate it. I hate it. Reveal, to me Reveal to me that I may be completely delivered, be completely delivered from covetousness. covetousness. Help me to see it, Help me see identify, it. it identify it, and grace me. To get rid of it it. and make any changes changes. in my heart, in my my mind, in my my life, life. I ask it in Jesus' name. name. Thank you, Lord. Thank Thank you, Lord. It's God's will. He wants to bless us. He wants to add to us. He wants to make you a channel to bless others through. He wants some very wealthy believers yeah. right. in the earth. He needs some. <laughs> Most people won't agree with him. They won't believe it. They won't. They either don't believe it's his will, or they love the stuff too much. Right. Why would the Lord be talking to us about this? <laughs> Why? Well, he believes, or he knows, that. Uh, we will hear it. At least a bunch of us will. Anybody, how many in here would say, I'll hear it, I'm I'm hearing it. And not just hear it, but doers. Willing to make the changes and the adjustments. And do what? Qualify. Qualify for him to bring 500,000 into your life this week. And have you disperse it yes. before the week's out. Yes. And you'd actually do it. Yes. Most people won't. Most people won't. They may, you know, a lot of people think, oh yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would. But I, I can tell you if you would or not. <laughs> you'd do the same thing with 500,000 that you're doing with 1,000 now. Jesus said so whatever you're doing with what you have right now is what you would do with more Jesus said so Luke 16 are you there 16:11. Jesus said if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon and that's money who will commit to your trust the true riches money is not true riches verse 12 If you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Instead of longing and coveting what somebody else has, help them with theirs. Mm -hmm. And don't covet it, and God will give you your own. Verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and many translations say money you cannot serve God and money say it out loud you can't serve God God. and money money. you can't you're going to wind you're going to get frustrated trying to go back and forth between the two and you'll pick one verse 14 the Pharisees also who were what now, these are some of the leaders of the synagogue, yeah, right? Yes. And they're what? Covetous. 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 Now, people know, especially church folks, that they shouldn't be covetous. Right. Yeah. But many are. Yeah. Yeah. And so they just hide it. That's And cover it with cloaks of different things. In fact, that's what Judas did when the woman came and gave the alabaster box of ointment. And he was so indignant and he said, this is ridiculous. This could have been sold for all this money and given to the poor. Why did he say that? Why was he upset? The scripture says, not because he cared for the poor. But because he was a thief and had the bag and embezzled what was in the bag. But see, he's hollering about this could have been given to the poor. When people get upset about money and they'll try to say, this could have been used for this or it could have been used for that, they're being hypocrites. What are they upset about? If you care about the poor, you don't judge what other people are doing or not doing with their money. If you care about the poor, you do something for the poor. Right. Why did they get so upset about their money? Because they love money. You get upset over the money because you care too much about the money. If you didn't care about money, you wouldn't get upset no matter if they spent $3 million on their doghouse, it's their money. What is it to you? Is everybody listening now? Because there's so much of this around. Oh, it just, that just upsets me. I mean, they spent all that money on that church building. They spent all that money on this. They spent all that money on that, on those TV broadcasts, on that airplane. <laughs> Do you know how many people that could have fed? That's a hypocrite talking. Hypocrite. Every time. Why? If they cared about the poor, they'd be doing something for the poor. They wouldn't be bothering you by seeing what you're doing with your money. The reason they got upset is because they heard a big figure. A a million dollars? You know what I could do with a million dollars? if I just had three of them paintings that rich man's got hanging on the wall of his house you know what I could do you are coveting his paintings his money you're covetous you love it too much you judging them for what they're doing or not doing with their money what are you doing with yours it's hypocritical hypocrisy But that's why people get so upset about money, because they care too much about money. Y'all with me or not? Luke 16, verse 14. The Pharisees, these are leaders in the synagogue, they were covetous. They heard all these things and they derided him. They had a problem with this. With what? You can't serve God in money. Why would you have a problem with that? Because you're covetous. And he said to them, You are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Here is an answer In our quest to be free from covetousness. Which we are. are. Faith Life Church. Is on a quest. Right? To be covetousness free. Right? Well in order to get free from it. You got to identify it. You got to identify it. In your own life. Not judging other people. But here's. One of the big ways that it's changed, your value system changes. Did you see this? They were covetous. What did he say to them? He said, You're they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. What men of this world think so much of, God despises That's right. That's right. Well, we don't want to be conformed to this world right. and see things the way the ungodly see them. Right. Right. So pray this out loud. Father God, Father God enlighten God. the eyes enlighten of my, eyes. my heart and understanding. Heart. Help me to see things, Help me see things the way you see them, what to see. see the value of you see, to esteem what you esteem, and despise what you despise, value what you value, not consider what you don't consider, love what you love, and hate what you hate, reveal it to me, in Jesus' name I ask, amen, amen. Now, as that happens, you change. What other people think is so important, you don't consider important at all. And what you consider so important, ungodly people think you're crazy. For one thing, you're in church this morning. A lot of people think you're nuts when you can sleep in. They value their their time to sleep more than coming together and being in the presence of the Lord and feeding on their word. Their values are wrong. Their priorities are wrong. They don't understand it. They don't see things the way God sees them. But the Lord's helping us to see things the way he sees them. See people the way he sees them. He doesn't just see the external and all the flaws and all the problems. He sees the hearts. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of 1 Timothy, please. 1 Timothy in the 6th chapter. Now, to covet literally means to set the heart upon. To long for. If you covet something. You long for it. You you set your heart on it. Well that's not altogether a bad concept. It depends on what you're coveting. Because the scripture also said. Covet earnestly. The best gifts. Long for. The gifts of the spirit. Why? That's important to God. Word of wisdom is important to God. Word of knowledge. Discerning of spirits. Tongues and interpretation and prophecy is important to God. Gifts of healings. Workings of miracles. Important to God. Faith, special faith. Important to God. And if you know that, you want it. You long for it. You hunger for it. You pray about it. Yes. You look for it. Yes. But there's a lot of church going people. They despise talking in tongues. Yes. Which is the entry in to the rest of this. Yes. It's right. the beginning. Right. So you see again. What what men hold in such high estimation. God despises. And vice versa. Yes. But we can see things through his eyes. Yes. Right. In 1 Timothy 6, this is a much misquoted passage of Scripture, much misunderstood, avoided by some people, (laughs) but all the Word of God is good and needed. 1 Timothy 6, verse 5, tell you, back up to verse 4, verse 3, how about that? (laughs) I tell you what, let's start at the beginning. (laughs) Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. They that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they're brethren, but rather do them service because they're faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Now, Thankfully, we don't have slavery in this country, at least not openly and legally, but there are applications that you can make between employer and employee. And we should serve in different capacities. And these truths apply there. Verse 3, "...if any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ..." And to the doctrine which is according to godliness. Now you're going to see this word come up repeatedly. The word godliness. Godliness. Verse 4. He's proud. Knowing nothing. Doting about questions and strifes of words. Whereof comes envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. And destitute of the truth. Now time you see strife you know the enemy is manifesting. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. James talks about where you see envy and strife and those things, there's every evil work. Well, that's the presence of the enemy. It's not okay to fuss and fight and wrestle and argue. It doesn't matter what your background is and how you grew up. People say, well, I'm, I'm Latin. I'm Italian. I'm Irish. You know, we yell. You don't have to. That's right. That's right. Well, we, you know, we get into it and we blow up and we blow over. Well, you need to get, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> grow up. That's true. That's true. <laughs> First time I ever said that, I think. <laughs> no it's not okay to speak harshly to people it's not okay to wrestle and argue you don't have to have that you, I don't care maybe you did grow up that like, maybe you've lived like that your whole life it's not godly it's ungodly and when there's a house full of strife that's a house where the devil is manifested his presence is manifested. God's the God of peace. And he's not in confusion. He's in the peace that passes understanding. Keeping your heart and mind. It said though, keep, read, read that verse again. That these individuals that are doing all this, they suppose that gain is godliness. From such withdraw yourself. Let me read the Amplified on that. It says in verse 5, protracted, wrangling and wearing discussion, perpetual friction among men who are corrupted in mind and bereft of the truth, who imagine that godliness or righteousness is a source of profit, a money-making business. Their idea that ministry is to make money. And the main thing about their church or in that case their synagogue or whatever is to that it's making the maximum money. Mm-hmm. He said, from such, withdraw yourself. You don't need to fellowship with folks like that. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Withdraw yourself. Keep reading, I'm in the Amplified. It is indeed a source of immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment is great and abundant gain. No, the ministry is not a source of monetary gain. Godliness is gain. Yes. Great gain. Oh, yes. Come on, can you see this? Godliness is gain. Gain doesn't mean you're godly. There's some that have distorted the teaching on Abundance. And the implication is that if you don't have an expensive car and a big house and expensive clothes and this kind of thing, then you don't have much faith. Mm-hmm. That's and so the evidence of godliness is gain. That's not true. That's right. I said, that's not true. That's right. And you don't need to hang around that. You're that's right. That's right. That's right. with me or not, friends? That's, right. that's not true. That gain reveals godliness. The truth is, godliness is great gain. Godliness is great gain. Keep reading. Verse 7. For we brought nothing into the world, and obviously we cannot take anything out of the world. Like one fellow said, you never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul. (laughs) why there's no need to right and why, why bring this up because you need to keep this in front of you no matter how hard you work and what you try to do and what you have and what possessions you have you're taking none of it with you none of it none of it so everything that comes through your hands right. is only to accomplish something with yes. right. for a short time because you don't own it forever. That's right. Well, it's mine. I got the deed on it. Yeah, and the Bible said it's all going to melt yes. with fervent heat. That's right. Right? right? Not Not one single house is going to survive this. Not one vehicle. Not anything. We need to remind ourselves continually of the very temporary nature of all possessions and all things. We don't want something sitting in our closet for years and rotten and us not using it when somebody could have been enjoying it. Come on, are y'all with me or not? We don't want vehicles just sitting in our garage and rusting. That's right, when somebody would have been blessed to be able to enjoy it. Oh, can you see that? We don't want just money just piled up in some accounts or in some deposit box as the days go by or the decades go by. We're not enjoying it, nobody else is enjoying it. That's right. That's right. Because you're, you. <laughs> <true. That's> <laughs> you're not taking it with you. That's You're not right. taking it with you. That's right. What did you arrive with? Come on, help me. When you were born, Nothing. you bring any pocket change, you any jewelry? No. Nothing. No. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. That's right. What are you leaving with? Nothing. Same thing. That's right. That's <laughs> Nothing. You're not taking anything with you. Keep reading. If we have food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Now here is revelation. And here's how you identify covetousness. Just hold your place right there and put up on the screen for us, would you please, Hebrews 13 and 5. Hebrews 13, 5, you don't have to turn there, I'm coming right back, I think, to 1 Timothy. Let your conversation, that's your manner of life, be without covetousness and be what? Content with such things as you have, for he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, some people, they read verses like this and they say, well, see there. All this talk about believing for cars and houses, that's wrong, that's wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. The the stuff in the cars is not the problem. It's the love of it. You can love money and not have any. Well, if that's true, you could have money and not love it. We need to focus on the issue. The stuff's not the issue. The car, the house, the clothes, the jewelry, that's not the problem. The problem is the heart. Loving it. Longing for it. And here's how you can tell if you're covetous. Are you content? Y'all with me, friends? Are you content without it? You know, the Lord doesn't mind you having a new car, but He don't want you to have car on the brain. You know what I mean by that? Car in the morning, car at lunchtime, car when the sun goes down, car, car, car. Anytime somebody tries to talk to you, car. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. And if you're full of car, when you talk, what are you going to talk about? Car, 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 car. Oh I gotta have that car, and so you're not content. You're longing for that, you're wanting it and longing for it, and you're not content. Right. And if you're not content without it, because you got God. Come on, can you see this? Come on, you need to read it again. Hebrews thirteen five. Let your lifestyle be without covetousness and be what? Content Content with such things as you have for. How can I be content? For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the only one that can make you content. A car cannot make you content. A house cannot make you satisfied. People think it does, but Come on now, if you've been alive over a few years, how many of you, you thought you'd get something, and it was going to really change your life, and you got it, and it didn't. It didn't change your life. It didn't turn you into somebody else, and it didn't cause you to where you didn't long for something else. There's always something else to long for, always, always. There's always something else to get moon eyed over. Oh, did you see the new one they came out with? Oh, oh. Well, if you get that, it'll be something else. It'll always be something else. And and that's the enemy's trick. So that you live in longing. And you live dissatisfied dissatisfied and that's a tormenting unfulfilling life right. to always be discontent because I don't have that discontent because I don't have this don't have that it applies to getting a spouse being married I can't I can't be happy I mean, I'm looking for my other half because I'm incomplete without them. If you ain't complete without them, you will never be complete with them. Because the truth is, we are complete in Him, in Him, in Him. Without them, <laughs> and it's not fair. It's not fair to your spouse to always be pulling on them to make you content. And satisfied. Right. They can't do it. That's right. Besides that. What are you doing for them? <laughs> but when both of us. Right. Are complete in him. That's true. Then we've got something. Yeah. To give. Yeah. Come on. Can you see this? But this gnawing. Dissatisfaction. This discontentment is evidence that you're covetous. Come on, can you see that? Yes. You think about it. I need that boat. I need that bass boat. boat. I need a bigger, bigger bass boat. Faster <laughs> bass boat. That's exactly right. I need, have you seen that new one they came out with? Oh, man, that thing is so fast. Oh, man, oh, man. The Lord wouldn't mind you having three of them. Right. That's right. Yeah. But he can't add it to you. With boat on the brain. (laughs) Because with boat on the brain. You get it. You won't be in church on Sunday. You'll be at the lake. In your new boat. (laughs) Come on. Can y'all see this or not? So he's not going to. He can't add something to you. That's going to take you away from him. He's not going to add something to you. That's going to feed your lust. That you idolize more than you do him. He can't do that. Because that would hurt you. He don't want to hurt you. (laughs) So how can you tell if you're covetous? You're not content. You're discontented. Now, ain't no even looking to the left or the right? Everybody has dealt with this discontentment, right. has dealt with this dissatisfaction, and it's because of the flesh. Yes. And the scripture said, the eyes of man are never satisfied. Right. The scripture said, he that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. That's right. hmm? That's right. There ain't enough money to fill the hole. So true. That's right. Why? Why? Because it's a God-sized hole. (laughs) That's a big hole, right? A trillion dollars can't fill a God-sized hole. There ain't a house big enough on the planet to fill a God-sized hole. There ain't a fast enough car or boat or plane. You're with me? Only one thing can fill a God-sized hole. And that's God because he's the only one that's God-sized. Hallelujah. And it is liberty. It is so freeing and liberating not to long for something and be unhappy all day. It's so liberating to be enlightened and know it's just stuff. It's just a house. It's just clothes. It's just money. We can say, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I've got him. I can be fulfilled with nothing out here because I got him. And if you're fulfilled in him, only now can you really enjoy a new car or a boat Hmm? if it came the right way and he added it to you and it doesn't mean too much to you then when you take it out for your inaugural spin you got him in the front seat with you is that right and he's blessing you you didn't lie to get it you didn't steal to get it you didn't hurt nobody to get it and if he says give it away this afternoon you'll do it you'll do it why because this car is not what fulfills me Right. His house is not what fulfills me. Right. God fulfills me yeah. and I'm never going to lose him. That's right. Right. That's right. You can lose that. It's wearing out as we speak. It's yeah. rusting, rotting as you speak. Yeah. But I'm never going to lose him. That's right. Can you say amen? amen? Go back to 1 Timothy 6. Let me see if I can finish this. He said, and this is the Amplified again. He talked about being content. Verse 9. Keep this revelation before you. Most people would not acknowledge that they're covetous. The leaders of the synagogue were covetous. A lot of people have yielded to it so much more than they realize. All of us have had to deal with it. But how can you identify it in your own life? Not content. Not satisfied unless I and until I get that. that's a lie. because if you do get that or them, whatever, there'll still be something else to look for, to look come on, right? The eyes of men are never satisfied. And he that loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, the scripture said. But those who crave to be rich, Now, it's God's will. He became poor so you could be rich. Rich is not the problem. Craving it. Longing for it. Come on, say it out loud. I don't crave to be rich. rich. It's not my ultimate goal. goal to To be rich. Those who crave to be rich, what happens to them? Well, when you want something too much, you yield To temptation, you'll go too far. Fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish, useless, godless, and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction and miserable perishing. If you want things too much, you'll compromise your values. You'll compromise yourself. You'll be dishonest. And you'll be miserable. And that's right. Even if you're sitting in it and living in it and enjoying it. If your heart's not right with God, you don't have anything. You don't have any peace, no and God. if your relationship is not right with other people. That's right. It doesn't matter how much you've got. Right. First thing, you get a brand new house. First thing you want to do is what? Right. Tell somebody about it. You want them to come enjoy it with you. Right. Yeah. Well, if you're mean and... <laughs> And lying, still and all that, I mean, you can be in there by yourself. Yeah, right. And if you always got eyes looking for something else, somewhere else, then you're not going to be faithful. Right. That's right. You're going to destroy your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And now you can have the biggest pile of money in the state, nobody to enjoy it with. That's right. And you're not right with God. Right. That's misery. Yeah. Can you see what he's talking about? Right. Miserable. Keep going, keep reading. For the love of money, not money, the love of money. Brother Hagin, on occasion, he he said he had a visitation of the Lord, said he saw him, and he taught him about how to be led by the Spirit. If you haven't read his book on that subject, I, I highly recommend it to you, how to be led by the Spirit. And one of the things he said the Lord told him, he said, if you learn how to be led by my Spirit, I'll make you rich. He said he was seeing the head of the church. He saw him. He told him this. If you'll learn how to be led by my spirit, I'll make you rich. He said when he, even though he saw it and he's having this experience, it didn't sound right to him. <laughs> it's a religious tradition. And he said the Lord knew his thoughts and said, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. Do you believe that? Yes. I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. Is covetousness a big issue? Is it a big deal? And God is opposed to that. And that's where people haven't been able to get it you know, separated. They try to make it God doesn't want you to have anything. God's opposed to you having money and things. But that won't keep you from lusting after it. You can live in a cardboard box with nothing and long for it all day long. Long for it, long for it, long for it. Well, if that's true, then you could have all kind of stuff and not love it. It's not the money. It's the love. The love of money is a root of all evils. It's through this craving that some have been led astray and have wandered from the faith. See, it'll take you away from God. Take you away from living by faith. And have pierced themselves through with many acute mental pains. It's a tortured life. It's vexation. And that all ties into that discontentment. that, That being dissatisfied all the time. Oh friend, grab a hold of this today. You don't need one more dollar to be perfectly content in your heart and your mind. You don't need a better car or a better house. Come on, are y'all listening to me? You don't need to wait till tomorrow or the next day or the next week or accomplish some material success till you can relax and have peace. You can be completely, completely content and satisfied right now. Right now, right now where you are right now. Come on. Somebody said out loud. I am, I am complete, complete in him. In him. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're complete in him, then nothing else material that could be added to you is going to finish you being complete. No natural thing is going to make that happen. I am, I am. I am. not going to be not working on it. I am am. complete Complete. in Christ. Christ. I am. I I got the peace of God that passes understanding, keeping my heart and mind. I got the joy of the Lord that is my strength. In his presence is fullness, fullness, fullness of joy. If you're full of joy, Ain't no room for no more. You're full. Full. No kind of money or car or thing or house can add to that. Or can even compete with that. The love of money is a root of all kind of evils. The weeks translation says it like this. For a root of all the evils is the fondness for money. Fondness. That's a literal translation to actually fondness for silver is the literal. Of course paper money is supposed to be based on metal it's supposed to be <laughs> at one time long ago it was. but uh, fond for it. You should never have daydreams about stacks of cash. <laughs> <laughs> our gold coins, right. our silver, our gold bars. Right. <laughs> Come on, say it again. I don't love money. I don't, I don't love money. I don't love things. A root of all the evils is the fondness for money, which certain ones bending their every effort to grasp have been led astray from the faith, and have pierced themselves through with many consuming griefs. But now as a reminder, that that doesn't mean the Lord doesn't want you to enjoy some things, because He still takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant before the chapter was out. Look at verse 17. Before the chapter, that was what chapter, verse 10 or so, Verse 17, just a few verses later. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but set your hope on God who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. (laughs) When you don't love it, God can pour it on. Come on, can you see this? When you don't love it, when you don't idolize it, when you hear people talk big figures and you go, okay, all right. <laughs> and it doesn't, you know, and doesn't impress you that much. You're just like, okay, it's money. It's, you know, everything down here is like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it. It's only good for a little while, right? You're not in shock. You're not in awe of things and money. People pull up in a big car. You see a big how? No, you're you're just not that way. Well, you're like, "Great, I'm glad for them." Yes. Right. You know, right. my nice stuff is in heaven. got my, my good stuff, <laughs> right? My good stuff is there. All this is gonna burn, baby, burn. <laughs> All this is gonna be gone. We need to have enough sense to keep that in our mind. But when you don't love it, and yet you know it's God's will for you to have it and use it while you're here, he can pour it on. He can pour it on. He'll he'll, he'll put money in your hands. He'll put things in your hands. Then if you listen to him, if you'll do what he tells you to do, what'll happen? He'll give you more. Right. more will come and if you obey him with that more will come yeah. if you obey him with that and the figures will get big yeah. come on are y'all with me and if you obey him with that it will get bigger yet because you don't love it you love him and you'll do with it what he says can you stand on your feet everybody praise be to God glory be to God thanks be to God